0: Welcome to Axios Pro Rata, a podcast that takes just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business and politics. Sponsored by AT&T, I'm Dan Premack. On today's show, the next big tax cut and the incredible shrinking General Electric. But first, the firefight over 3D printed guns. Tomorrow is August 1st, which for a lot of us means it's time to begin thinking about back to school shopping. But for others, it's a day they can go to the internet and download blueprints for how to make guns via 3D printers. So yeah, let me repeat that. Starting tomorrow, you can load up the Google machine and figure out how to make your very own firearm without needing to go to a gun store, go through a background check, get a license, or really anything else like that. Now, the basic backstory here is that these blueprints actually were available for two days in 2013, at which point the State Department got them pulled. But that prompted a lawsuit, with the creator of the blueprints arguing that the State Department had violated his free speech rights, and that led to a recent settlement with this do-it-yourself gun-making, let's call it a library, scheduled to reopen for business tomorrow. Now, to be clear, it is highly unlikely that your average gun enthusiast is going to start 3D printing his own guns. For starters, it's ridiculously expensive, and even if you're someone who wouldn't pass a background check, there are much easier ways to go about getting a firearm. But it's also understandable that people are freaked out out about it. Nine states yesterday sued for an emergency ban, and even President Trump tweeted his concern this morning. Remember, 3D printing has gotten fairly advanced. For example, there's a Massachusetts company printing metal auto parts and plane parts. But overall, it's still fairly early in the technology's development. And the real concern here is what happens when 3D printers get better and are as ubiquitous as smartphones. My bottom line here is that the tech is ahead of the regulators, but the regulators still have time to catch up. In 30 seconds, we'll go deeper on this with Axios reporter Zach Basu. But
1: first, this from AT&T. Picture this. You're the CEO of a multinational corporation, and you realize that nearly half of your 254,000 employees, many of whom are your friends and neighbors, have jobs that will be obsolete by 2020. That's exactly what happened at AT&T a few years ago, and it's what inspired them to find a way forward with the biggest job reskilling investment in modern American history. Future Ready is AT&T's $1 billion web-based learning initiative designed to teach existing employees the skills necessary to compete in a software-driven world. Stick around and we'll tell you how it's going. We're joined by
0: Axios reporter Zach Basu, who reported about 3D guns over the weekend. So Zach, my first question here is, we're talking about gun guns, right? Like ones that theoretically can kill people?
2: Yeah, it's an interesting question, Dan. So what we should be concerned about here is not the 3D printed gun as it exists now, because right now... It's very difficult to make a high-quality gun unless you're printing with metal, which is, of course, way more expensive than plastic. And basically, the act of firing a bullet alone exerts too much power for most plastics to withstand. Police officers have actually tested it and found that 3D printed guns pose just as much danger to the shooter as anyone else because of the high risk that the plastic gun could explode upon firing. So the real worry here actually comes with the implications of being able to manufacture firearms unchecked.
0: The piece about the shooter, I guess we've got some Darwin effect here. I'm curious, President Trump this morning tweeted the following. He said, quote, I'm looking into 3D plastic guns being sold to the public. Already spoke to the NRA. Doesn't seem to make much sense. So let me break this into two pieces. The first, he's looking at 3D plastic guns. It was his State Department that came up with the settlement that theoretically allowed these things to go back up tomorrow, correct?
2: That's right. He doesn't seem to have a real grasp on this issue, just judging from the tweet alone. One basic thing that he got wrong is that 3D-printed guns are not being sold to the public. What's happening is that the computer-aided design, or CAD files, these digital blueprints, will be available to download for free on the defense Distributed website starting tomorrow. So they're not selling the guns. And it's also interesting he brought the NRA into the conversation because other than, I believe, one video of Dana Loesch making fun of Democrats for fear-mongering, the NRA has been conspicuously silent on what is a pretty hot-button topic in the world of gun rights.
0: You mentioned uh, this defense-distributed website, and this issue is getting tons of attention. We're giving it tons of attention. You know, when these were originally up, I guess they were downloaded like 100,000 times. Is there a legitimate concern here that all of the attention it's getting this time is going to actually make those downloads much, much more starting tomorrow than they otherwise would be?
2: That's definitely a good point. There's significantly more publicity surrounding the topic this time around. And as you said, when Cody Wilson, the founder of Defense Distributed, put up the digital files for his first gun back in 2013, they were downloaded 100,000 times in just two days before the State Department pulled them down. And there's significantly more publicity surrounding the topic this time around. So if the files do end up being posted, I think the potential number of downloads could be a lot higher than I think anyone realizes.
0: And it's interesting, I read, and correct me if I'm wrong here, that for all the talk and and obviously the concern here about the unregistered guns, the unlicensed guns in this case, it technically, leave 3D printing aside, it is legal for me, right, to go get enough parts and to manufacture my own, kind of do-it-yourself gun manufacturing, if I know how to do it, right? Leaving 3D printing out of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been legal for people to manufacture guns at home. They're just not allowed to sell it without a permit. And there are a couple things I'd like to clear up. First, it's true that 3D printed guns don't have serial numbers and you don't need a background check to get one. So in that sense, they are untraceable. But as you said, what you do need is a 3D printer, which costs thousands of dollars and which in most cases will end up producing a plastic gun that is not nearly as effective or lethal as something that a criminal could just go out and find on the black market. And another thing, there's an estimated 300 million guns in the U.S. and probably 300,000 3D printers, with that being a very high-end estimate. So in the unlikely scenario that every owner of a 3D printer wants to manufacture their own gun, it'll add something like 0.1% to the total number of guns circulating in the U.S., and even that's just being extremely generous.
0: I guess you do have to wonder, because we're getting 3D, metal 3D printing getting more popular, more institutionalized, so I wonder if it's not going to be kind of on my desktop or your desktop desktop if that's where ultimately gun manufacturing itself is going to be headed and how regulators deal with that. Thanks to Zach Basu of Axios for speaking to us about this. And now we kind of wait and see. Remember, it's been 10 months since that awful Las Vegas shooting where 58 people were killed and six months post Parkland, to which the federal government really did nothing except create a White House task force on school safety, which Betsy DeVos said won't even look at the issue of guns, which is kind of like, I don't know, uh, examining the issue of obesity without looking at food or exercise. And going back to Vegas, remember, Bump stocks are still legal today, even though there is a push to change that. Zach told us the potential number of 3D guns for now is small and that they don't work too well. Or put another way, I guess you could say this is a future crisis, potentially a future tragedy. But given how our federal government doesn't really respond to current tragedies by taking any actions outside of thoughts and prayers, it's hard to see how much is done here, unless the courts decide the blueprints aren't protected speech. But again, they currently believe that making bombs— bomb-making material on the web. That's protected speech, so
1: why not a gun? My final two on taxes and GE's latest sale is right after this. Okay, here's where AT&T's Future Ready program stands. Around 140,000 employees are currently retraining for jobs of the future. People like Jim, a grandfather of five, are learning competitive skills like Scrum. Now, more than half of AT&T's technology management jobs are filled by retrained employees. It matters because 90% of maturing companies expect digital disruption, but less than half of them are preparing for it. AT&T is different. With one of the largest workforces in the world, AT&T wants the best in people, not machines or algorithms, to lead the way.
0: And now it's time for my final two. And first up is a New York Times report that the Trump administration is thinking about a massive new tax break for investors. And here's how it would work. So imagine you bought stock for $900 and then you sold it for $1,000 10 years later. So, you know, back of the envelope here, you'd pay taxes on about $100, that's the capital gain. And because it's a capital gain, you get a pretty low rate. But this new rule, if it came through, would adjust that $900 for inflation, meaning it would look like you actually paid more, which means your gain would be smaller. Now, this is something prior administrations have determined would be illegal, and it's also something that seems kind of politically unpalatable. But if it happens, expect a big new wave of people selling stock from last decade and two decades ago, and possibly that means a whole new group of mergers. And finally, General Electric. This is the company that almost came to define conglomerate over the past couple decades, but it's now in the midst of a massive downsizing. So here's a quick list of everything it's dumped in just the past year or two. It has sold its gas turbines unit, its transportation unit, which is kind of railroads, most of its capital markets business, big pieces of its healthcare business. And it's even been seeking a buyer for its light bulbs business, which is the thing most people think about when they think of GE. And now comes word via The Wall Street Journal that the company wants to sell a big part of its digital business, which is kind of the thing that former CEO Jeff Immelt spent tons of time building up and kept talking about. The bottom line here is that while big acquisition sprees make headlines, they can also ultimately have negative consequences. And for GE, that's meant a massive pile of debt that doesn't play well with its pension obligations. So it's decided to shrink. So for those of us in Boston, even though GE is still a $100 billion company, GE just relocated its headquarters here. And it feels a little bit like the Mets getting Willie Mays. And we're done. Big thanks to producers Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers. Be sure to follow us all day at Axios.com and sign up for my ProRata newsletter at signup.axios.com. Have a great National Avocado Day, and we'll be back tomorrow with another ProRata podcast.